Welcome back to the B2B Marketing Guidebook Podcast. My name is Uwe Seebacher and I'm happy to be your host. We also have now listeners from Slovenia and Spain. Una calida bienvenida a nuestro gente sudamericanos y españoles. Nos alegra que estén aquí y que disfruten de nuestro podcast. Siéntase libre de compartirlo con sus colegas. Gracias. I hope you enjoyed the last episode with Alex Kearns on strategy. Today I'm joined by two ladies authoring brand management in B2B. Welcome Vera Müllner and Kirsten Eves from Moodly Agency headquartered in Graz. Kirsten, as usually, I would like to get started to have your introduction. Who are you? Thank you, Uwe. I'm uh, very honored to have been asked to contribute to this book, which I've been thinking of writing myself for the probably for the last 20 years and uh, uh, just never got around to it. So it's uh, brilliant that it's now actually happening. Yeah, I uh, began my career in, in industry, uh, I won't even say how many years ago now, quite a long time ago. Uh, at uh, a large automotive company here in Graz, uh, where I began um, in the marketing department, very small, and worked my way up to become marketing director there uh, for several years. Uh, and uh, so that's where I kind of learned the, a lot of the do's and don'ts about uh, B2B marketing. We had the, the luck there of having quite a large budget and quite a lot of freedom to, to try things out. And it was a very interesting period of... Uh, trial and error, uh, learning, uh, what, learning from B2C what actually works in B2B and what doesn't work so well. Uh, that was a, a great uh, experiment there, uh, setting up the brand of this company. In the meantime, for the last 12 years, I've been working for Moodly Brand Identity. That's a, a strategic branding and design agency. And uh, my specialist area has always been B2B branding. Uh, technology brands, innovation branding, uh, anything around that area of anything that sounds slightly complicated, I <laughs> tend to get as a project. Uh, so I've uh, built a lot of experience in, in, in that area over the last years. It's been very exciting and uh, luckily, happily to say, it's uh, certainly increased in, in importance and relevance over the last years. Uh, more and more companies are realizing that B2B branding is something that they need to be uh, thinking about and doing. So uh, yeah, it's Thank you. taking a turn for the better. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you for your introduction. The other lady is Vera. She's based in Graz. Vera Müllner. Vera, what's about you? Who are you? What is your, your track record? My track record is not yet that extensive as Kirsten's is. I started marketing professionally and at least in B2B marketing four years ago now, almost. Background is originally rather in English literature. So I have a master's degree in English and American studies with focus on British literature. And uh, throughout my school and also university career, particularly in the bachelor department, I realized that I have a, like a soft spot for literature and writing. And evaluating what kind of careers you can build out of that, I opted for a second master's degree in journalism, PR, and marketing. And then when you graduate, you try to get a job. I already had some internships with Moodly. This is also how I know Kirsten. We weren't working together at the time, but you were already there. So we had some kind of connection before um, we got to write on this, write this um, part of the book. And yeah, somehow during the 
the application process, I ended up in B2B marketing in a technology company. And um, honestly speaking, I had no background in technology. I had also from, from my field of studies, the focus there wasn't so much on B2B rather on B2C. So it was kind of a bit of a culture clash in the beginning. But as Kirsten said, I think this is something that most B2B um, marketeers have. Most of them, I assume, have more of a B2C focus in the beginning. And then you always try to bring in the B2C element into the B2B. Because this is, again, a general development that we see at the moment. Stronger than ever. Offering uh, a chapter on uh, brand management, be a brand. Now, uh, based on my background, and I'm being frank here, brand management seems to me huffy fluffy. You cannot measure it, especially in a B2B environment. Uh, companies will tend to say, we don't have money for that. But I invited you to contribute that paper because I, I learned about a very impressive case study story using your framework. Now, Kirsten, uh, and you sub contributed a, a substantial part uh, on the project. Uh, why do you think, what is it, what is so different about you, this uh, uh, concept or the framework you applied uh, in regard to become a brand in B2B and uh, to start small and go and become great? Tell me why the people should read this article on brand management in B2B because so many articles have been written. <laughs> well, obviously, I'm a little bit biased here. I just uh, happen to think that uh, branding is the, the the high end of, of of marketing in general. It's like an art form in, in its in its own right. Uh, well, maybe not quite, but uh, that's how we like to think of it anyway. And I must admit, I I love the fact that you can't measure it. <laughs> it makes obviously we want to uh, have results, but it's a, it's a long term thing, and so that's why it's very difficult to measure. It's not something that will sh mm -hmm. uh, will take a great effect in the short term, uh, but long term, it's about creating uh, relationships with customers that will stay the course. Uh, it's about creating. Um, a, an awareness that grows and grows in its own right. Uh, it's about making, turning companies into magnets for customers and for employees over a long period of time. That's something, not something you can uh, quickly achieve. Uh, it has to be done with uh, a lot of consistency over time and a good eye for what's relevant in the market and staying relevant. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's an evergreen, if you like. It's not something that ever, I don't think, will, will go out of fashion. In fact, it should far more, more come into fashion and stay in fashion because it's something, it's like the, the background uh, to everything else that takes place in, in marketing and sales for me. It's uh, the scenery, it's uh, the, uh, the, the framework in which the other things take place. It frames what you're doing. Uh, by being being the attitude of, of of why you're doing something, and that just gives uh, everything else that you do an edge uh, above or 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 a, or a deeper sense of 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 meaning uh, than just uh, being let's say on a, on a technical product specification level.
what I've learned is that uh, what the framework Kirsten is using also allows companies or marketing departments who would not necessarily be granted budget for brand management can start that journey uh, very easily because it's a really structured framework. And then based on this, then grow towards understanding and create awareness for brand management. How did you perceive that? Because you were the one who had to read and deploy and get the engagement. Uh, get me a bit of background, how this process is working and in order to uh, enable our people who might sometime, time to time be frustrated because there's no budget for brand management that they can get started and then grow this topic. I think the article that Kirsten and myself actually wrote for, for this book is already kind of giving a guideline exactly to, to companies how to start out in branding and brand management. Of course, if you have the money and the budget and the time, uh, it's always wise to bring in an, an, an agency like Moodly, for instance, who can, of course, like take ideas from and, and have the experience of working for numerous companies who already went through the process. But um, as you said, Uwe, most companies don't do that. And also I think it's always difficult to justify brand management to, to those who give you the money in marketing. Uh, so exactly the article is about that and it is a process, but there has been so much literature written, written on that subject. And what uh, we tried in this article is to gather that literature, A, to make the point that branding has still a place in modern B2B marketing, as Kirsten already said, it's like an evergreen, but now even probably more coming back at the moment than it used to be like a couple of years ago. And it is a step-by-step -step process. You just probably need to follow the steps, um, take the time, build the team, a, that includes your marketing, but also other people uh, from various departments in your organization. Uh, this is actually key. It is something that is lead by the marketing team. A project is lead by the marketing team, but it shouldn't be only the marketing team developing the brand, driving the brand and establishing brand management. It needs to be, it needs to include a whole lot of more people from other departments inside the company, also if there are other business divisions, for instance, any colleagues from other departments, but also the customers in particular to get an external perspective, any partners and suppliers you're working with to get their perspective and um, to go through this process. And I won't take away too much because otherwise you won't buy the book, you won't read the article. <laughs> but basically what you what you were trying to ask, the article is already like built up in that way to give a step-by-step guide going through this whole process of setting up the project, going through the different steps from actually developing the brands to uh, brand strategy, brand personality, brand management, mm -hmm. also then everything basically. So cover the whole 360 perspective. Kirsten, brand management is about identity, authenticity of a culture, of a company. Is it possible that an external agency uh, works at the, so to speak, open heart of a company to work on the branding? Or uh, because obviously in this, in this showcase, you have shown that this can be a perfect 
uh, Synergy is being guided by an external partner, but basically the brand itself and the, the identification has to happen internally. How can you overcome it? Obviously, you're doing a great job in overcoming it. What is the difference to your framework, to your approach in regard to other partners in the market? Well, that's a good point. The, this open heart surgery, as you sort of uh, suggested that it is. Of course, is. you're putting it much more nicer with your native English than with my <laughs> Austrian English, yes. I have a little advantage there, never mind. Um, yeah, the open heart surgery, it's often the case that uh, at the beginning, when you start a project like this, that the, the, the company in question uh, that wants to develop its brand has, has lost the ability to see what their real strengths are uh, and lost the ability to really sort of cut through everything, all the noise, all the things they hear every day, all their history, everything is happening, there's so much going on. Uh, it's very difficult for companies to get that, that clarity uh, to, to answer the question, what do we really stand for? And not, not, not what do we stand for now or have stood for up to now, what do we want to stand for for the next years to come? Mm -hmm. uh, it's difficult to get that clarity because, uh, yeah, we, the vision is blurred uh, and often companies are not always focusing on um, what it is that their customers will want in future. They're often focusing on uh, what's really brilliant about me, what makes me special. And then a lot of this sort of fi finding oneself is going on, asking all these questions about what's, what, 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 what have we done over the last hundred years to make us so brilliant. When in actual fact, the question you should really be asking is what's going to interest people in future? What's going to interest our clients? What's going to interest potential uh, employees? Uh, what's going to be relevant to them? And what is, what is it that we do uh, that will give them some value in this area of relevance? Those are like the, the key questions. And, and often it's very difficult at first to see these two questions and not just say, what are we good at? But what does the world actually need from us? And these two questions need to be asked. Uh, and you need to um, be also very strict with yourself. And that's where we often come in to add a little bit of, of strictness uh, to cut away things that you might think are important, but in actual fact aren't the most important thing, uh, to, mm. to recognize that. Mm. Uh, and also to recognize the gap between the way you think you're being perceived or the way you think you are, uh, to how the outside world really sees you and what they really think of you. That also ne needs an external uh, mediator uh, to find the gap and to present the gap and to talk about uh, what needs to be done to close the gap. How um, significant do you see the, the difference uh, between B2C and B2B marketing in regard to brand management now because you with your b2b background you have a different approach and different setting what would you recommend our colleagues is it necessary or is it the huge difference that you one would look for an agency with a b2b background or practitioners in order to help them do the brand management or would you see this as neglectable well in in my view the two areas are, are moving closer together uh, b2b was always sort of very non-marketing minded in my opinion uh, and B2C was the other extreme, creating marketing stories, trying to talk people into things they didn't want, this kind of reputation. And 
on the B2C side, you see this drive towards authenticity. So brands trying to tell honest stories about themselves in an emotional way that will appeal to people. And that's something that B2B has always done. We've always been authentic about what we've been selling, far too authentic in actual fact, far too honest about the things in terms of not... Uh, not so much talking about what the things are really good for, but talking about the, the bits and bites and the, the screws and the, all the, the bits and pieces in far too much detail, but very authentically. Uh, and this authenticity is something that the B2C is learning uh, from us, if you like. Uh, what B2B learns from B2C is how to be uh, more emotionally minded, how to use people's emotions uh, to, to appeal to them, how to, how to frame a product that might look a little bit boring in, in such a way that it becomes very appealing uh, to the customers. And that's like by using the emotional anchors um, that uh, will, will appeal to people. Uh, so that's where B2B can learn an awful lot from B2C. And also obviously the use of channels, uh, all the, the media, social media, all those things that are going on. I would say that B2B are already pretty good in that field. Obviously, okay. B2C have been doing it longer, uh, but the whole new media scene, digital marketing, I think B2B companies are already pretty good in that. I just okay. think they need to catch up in terms of presenting themselves uh, as being interesting. That's something mm -hmm. B2C has always been good at, over the top good at, and that's where we need to catch up. Catching up in presenting our companies as being interesting seems to be another big challenge in the area of B2B marketing. If you want to know how this new brand management process model and framework looks like and how it can easily be deployed in B2B industry, then do not miss to join me for the second part of this so sympathetic coffee talk with these two ladies. Saludos a mis muchos amigos de España, Chile, Uruguay, Argentina. Don't miss the second part of this interesting coffee talk with Vera and Kirsten on BA Brand Brand Management in B2B on this B2B Marketing Guide book podcast. I'm Uwe Seebacher, your host. I can't wait to be back. Goodbye.